is Two Minutes About Time with Luke Allen and Robert E. G. Black, the podcast that takes a look at the film About Time, two minutes at a time. I am Richard Curtis, and I hope you enjoy it. And if you don't, well, you can just travel back in time two minutes and listen to something else. I'm one of your hosts, Luke Allen. I'm joined, as always, with my co-host, Robert E. G. Black. Hello. And my, our special guest for this week, Andy. Hello. Today we're looking at minutes 98 and 99 of About Time, and things just get sadder and sadder and sadder, and if, yeah, if devastating. I'm a crying mess by the end of this week, that's why. And I, I mean, my favourite minutes are next week, so that's the exciting stuff. <laughs> just stay, stay in tune for that. Mostly because, I mean, next I think it's next week that we've got the whole Gold in Them Hills montage, with everything being so lovely and uplifting. And appreciating each day, living it twice. I love that part, and not just. Yeah, I like I like the depressing bits. Uh, so the dad says, "But it was too late." Tim says, "How long have we got?" You know, it could be years. How long, really? Weeks, I'm afraid. I love how quickly his tone of voice changes at this. Mm. Like, I mean, I haven't even had to look at the the minute to read the words. I remember exactly his delivery, and it's just, yeah, the the way that. The way he says it could be years, I like how he knows that Tim knows he's lying when he says that. I, I, I don't, not entirely sure why he says that, but it, 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 it just, yeah, it just works so wonderfully. And then Tim says, we had this conversation before. Yeah. What happened? I rather let myself down. I hugged you. Yeah. This, that line confused me a bit, but we'll get to that in a bit. Cause I want to talk about, as you said, the, why did he tell him that he could potentially have years left, knowing that Tim's going to know he's lying? And I think it was maybe James's kind of grasp at trying to comfort Tim mm-hmm. and not be like, I'm going to die soon, but be like, we have time, it's fine. And I think he just kind of attempted to convince Tim of that, knowing it was going to backfire, but it was just kind of a last straw pull at, yeah, I might be going, I might have cancer, but we have a few years and that's fine. Uh, and he's yeah. so relaxed about it because he's had this conversation mm. before. You know, I think the fact that at this point he just knows he can go and do it again. Yeah. That it's... Yeah. yeah. It, it's it's a great moment here when he says, weeks, I'm afraid, and then you get, like, Tim just thinking. Mm. And then the dad is kind of looks at him a little weird because he's like, oh no. He figured out again that I was lying. Yeah. And... and yeah, it's that penny why. drop. Yeah. He's like, have we had this conversation before? It's like that moment where he, Tim knows, dad knows that Tim knows. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is that penny drop moment. And uh, mm-hmm. I love those moments in films and TV and where you get that kind of second, maybe if yeah. that, of silence. But so much is said in that silence. It's that, that moment of everything's figured out literally in just a min, uh, a second of nothingness. Mm-hmm. It could just be a look or something like that. And suddenly everything changes. You go from James trying to, trying to lie to Tim to comfort him, then telling him the truth. And then you have a second of Tim now realizing that his dad has done this count, probably countless amounts of times just to try and And get it right. And he still does, and he still goes with the lie first. And he still goes with the lie first. Because it gives you that, that slight moment of hope. Yeah. Before you get the real news. Yeah, it's just pure desperation, I think, on, on James's part. Yeah. Mm. 
And I think, yeah, I think it's wonderful. And looking at this minute now, just on mute while you're talking, once again, continues to point what we said before about how a, a wonderful film works well when you you can know what's happening with the sound off. Yeah. Mm. Even though this is just an exchange of dialogue, what is essentially a conversation on paper of exposition mm. works perfectly on on screen. And I love how at the end of this minute we do have the hug. Oh, I've recognised one of Bill Nye, one of the books on a shelf, I think. Hang on, I'll go check again. Because um, <laughs> we, well, we looked at this way early on, um, and I haven't really. Yeah, I started to make it. a list, and then I realised there was no organisation to it, and just deleted my list. <laughs> okay, I am pretty certain. I reckon. Right, I'm going to be like thirty seconds because I'm going to compare it to my copy of the book. <laughs> that I think it is. Okay, I'm uncertain. I th- I mean I I Robert, you able to open up the the shot of oh no never mind I'm wrong <laughs> it doesn't matter I thought it was a copy of John Cleese's autobiography and oh. it wasn't the logos aren't don't line up quite as well that's a I, shame I, I would note one bit of decoration that's not a book on the desk there is a bulldog with a helmet on and in my notes I'm like I guess it reminds him of Mum because we- Churchill <laughs> yeah, <from> Churchill <laughs> oh which. Oh, yeah, Andy, you won't know this. Okay, in uh, <laughs> the line originally when Harry says, does your mother still look like Andy Warhol? Right. Um, it was originally Winston Churchill in the, secret, in the script. <laughs> That's cool. That's a cool little uh, tidbit. I like that. And he's got the B.B. King poster as well behind him. Two yes. Them, two of them, which is just lovely detail again. Uh, it's such a... a I mean, looking at, uh, looking at Tim's reaction, when when he realises that his dad's done this, he almost looks angry in his face. I, I didn't notice that watching it, but I'm just on a freeze frame of it. I mean, do you guys agree, looking at that, that he looks... When he realises what, uh, sorry? When he realises that uh, his dad has done this multiple times and asks, how how uh, oh. have we done this before? He looks in his face yeah. angry. He doesn't look disappointed, he looks angry. Well, I feel like Maybe it would make you feel insignificant. The idea that this version of you could just be wiped out in a minute. I think maybe he's been so caught up in his own time travel that he doesn't really think about his dad's and the fact that his own yeah. past and life... Yeah, the, the only really time that his dad time traveled in the movie, Tim wouldn't know wedding. about it. Oh yeah, he doesn't know. <laughs> by it happening, he, did, he doesn't know. It might, it might be an interesting lesson for Tim, although he doesn't comment on it, and it, maybe it makes it feel like the present is less genuine because it's not the original version. And so it would feel like something other than disappointment or sadness. It's And he can see the real people behind his time travel as well. Mm-hmm. You know, he, 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 he in this point, he's seeing that it, his time travel does affect people. And it could affect the way he is when he interacts with people. Your first interaction is different than your second interaction. Yeah. Would you, would you guys, do you both take Sorry, let me reword this. If you were Tim in this situation and you had realised that your dad had done this over and over again, would you take that as that you're insignificant or would you take it as that you're more significant because your dad is just trying to get it right or just trying to spend more time with you? Yes. Which way I hope I'd think the second one, and mm-hmm. I think he intends the second one, I, I but think, I'd imagine the first would I come. think both. Mm-hmm. I think it would be the first yeah. one immediately, yeah. and then it would it would segue into the second, because you realize yeah. he's trying to make sure that you get this news the right way. I think I think that is the same as what Tim does. 
you know, hits that first moment of anger, confusion, am I insignificant? And then leans more, especially when you get into the hug moment of it just being like, my dad just cares for me and he just wanted to get this right and he appreciates that. Robert's got this theory with the film that the time travel doesn't actually exist. Okay. Um, So I was wondering whether we could check into that theory and see how how that works with all of this, Robert. Well, with this from the from the dad's, I mean, dad's perspective, it's still Tim telling the story, but in this scene it would be, you do practice this sort of conversation, probably. Like, how are you going to break horrible news to someone? So it's like, have we had this conversation before? Yeah, and I decided I was going to lie and say it would be years, you know? Yeah, that's a good point. That's a very good point. It could be taken either way, couldn't it? From a literal, you know, I've been time-traveling yeah. over and over again to just I've been in my head rehearsing this moment hundreds of times. Yeah, like, like the Kit Kat thing point. with the car is she goes mm-hmm. back in time, but she might as well just go back in time in her head to think, what mm-hmm. would I have done, have done differently? Mm-hmm. How do I become a different person? Yeah, great theory. And Tim's time travel at this point becomes less significant, even though it is actually more common in his daily life for a mm-hmm. little while. Yeah, because his, his dad yeah. teaches him to just live in the moment, which right. is still a lesson that people teach you all the time. So it, it, it's still... Works entirely. Well, that's, that's one of those problems people have with this movie and reviews sometimes is the message is so trite. And I'm like, yeah, but most people don't get that message. So it's, that's why so many movies still have to keep having that message out there. And I think, um, Ron's song that we get, like, next week is such a wonderful song that captures it so well. I mean, it was not a song written for the film. So should we go straight into 99? Well, we, I think it's important to guess the timing on the hub, too, because out of this minute, because that's the way we look at the movie, it's second 44 that Tim gets up and walks over to his dad and hugs him. Like, it takes time for this moment mm. to happen. And then the theme music comes in instead of Spiegelum Spiegel, which is good, because it changes the tone yeah. for the next minute. And, I, yeah, I think maybe it's important that we associate that music with the dad for what we get at the end scene. Hmm. Um, which has got the about time theme again, yeah. which is just, it's such a simple piece of music. They're basically the same thing on repeat, but it's beautiful. <laughs> and I mean, I mean, I get bored listening to music over and over again and editing this podcast over and over again, you know, using the same theme tune for each episode. And yes, it's a cover of the about time theme, but it's such a beautiful piece of music that I hear it every time I edit. And I never want to skip it. It, <laughs> it, it always mm. works and music is, driven me mad normally so it, it, it says a lot to nick their clothes who composed it and i guess to ethan o'mahony who did our theme tune for the show yeah it's a great bit of music and i like i like that it takes so long for tim to get up and go over to his dad right because that's definitely not a moment that you want to rush right it's definitely not uh that's even though it's a, an incredibly emotional moment for both of them and it's a very important moment. And you would expect maybe in another film for them to kind of rush to each other in like a, in a passionate hug. Yeah. But probably happened the fact with that they don't. When she ran yes. in. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. She would, yeah. She would have just run in, probably not even said a word and just gone straight uh-huh. for him. Kind of like she does, uh, kind of like she does to Mary as well. She might not tackle him to the ground um, since he's got cancer. Maybe not. No. Start kissing <laughs> him all over the face. I, th- yeah. I think as well. I mean, never been in a situation like this, but I think I've definitely been in situations when you're sat there, someone's, like, bearing their soul to you or whatever, and you think, mm. I should hug them at this moment, but yeah. part of you doesn't want mm-hmm. to. So you have got mm-hmm. that sort of slow thing. 
Sometimes I do. I, I admittedly, other times I don't. And I think I think that is sort of what's there, where Tim knows that he should hug his dad at this moment, but you also know mm. that a badly timed hug is just not good. So you yeah. have to think yeah, exactly. it through, and I think we definitely yeah. see that. Also, I know the yeah. the father doesn't really mean it literally that he let himself down by hugging him, but it could be an indication that his father's not going to hug him. So he has to make get up, go to his father, and that's how the hug will happen. Because the hug does have to happen. They oh, yeah, that's good. Uh, yeah, that's what confused me. That's what uh, I I took that line. I think the wrong way in that they have a very tactile relationship. Mm-hmm. It seems where they don't worry about hugging right. each other or or anything like that. So I was very confused when he was like, "Oh, I let myself down. I hugged you." I was like, "But." You you would do that anyway. I didn't really know how to take that line, but that totally makes sense with it being like a with a a, a come to me yeah. kind of message rather than I don't want to go to you for this. I need you to come come here. Yeah, and I think it's interesting how this sort of emotional distance works in their relationship because it's just it's odd and it's a very brave thing to do. I think there are a few writers that could manage it. Just like with Harry, they managed to make an unlikable character likable enough. It's it's mm-hmm. a hard balance to get. Especially as the dad says at the wedding, his father was a frosty bugger. Like, the idea that, he, you know, he says that he couldn't love his dad because of how his dad was and how we managed to love Bill Nye more <laughs> in this film because of it. Mm-hmm. Because it really hits when you have moments like this. And I think I think there's a level of banter in when he says... I kind of let myself down a bit. Like, he, 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 he's partially joking there as well. I think it's sort of yeah. like, oh, I lost my cool. You know, mm-hmm. it's not a. Yeah. Yeah, so definitely. I've, I've, I've yeah, liked... just hearing it. Yeah. Yeah, hearing it straight off the bat whilst I was, I was watching the film. It did definitely take me off guard. I don't know whether I would have, not that I'm saying I would be a good, uh, good writer anyway, but I probably wouldn't have written it. Like yeah. that. Well, you, you'd be scared um, that it could be taken the wrong way. I know I am all the time. Exactly. I'm writing stuff, and yeah. often I get very specific. I think into like if a character is joking, I make sure that it's written that they are joking. Very obviously, and it's all these yes. like so. Just because I get so scared, if this gets portrayed wrong, then I'm stuffed. <laughs> so it's just yeah. I mean, if we're talking like if we're talking you know creative freedom here, if I were to redo this kind of 15 seconds where they hug in this this minute i would have definitely had james's barriers completely come down and for just a moment in the film for him not to make a witty remark or not try and be the dad but just need somebody that needs their son to comfort them in yeah. what is probably a, a dreadful just completely life-shattering moment of telling your kid that you're well, I, I think the implication is I would have, that's yeah, what I happened have. before, is he did break sure, down, yes, yeah. he hugged Tim, and then realized he wanted he didn't want it yeah. to be about himself, he wanted it to be Tim's moment of coming to terms with this. And so he went back and lied to him. Yeah, you're right. And then yeah. Tim realizes, yeah, I, but you still need a hug. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're totally right. I just, I don't, I don't know whether I would have, I would have kept that in. I, yeah. I would have kept the vulnerable, the vulnerable shot in. Of just having that complete contrast from this, this very kind of laughy, jokey, comforting dad to just a, a shell of a man that needs, needs help yeah. and needs, needs somebody, somebody there. 
I would have done that personally. But not saying that I I would change it. It's it's very good as it is. But I just I watched that and I was a little bit confused about it. But that's the only thing I really have to say about that <clears throat> minute anyway. So should we go into ninety yes. nine? So I I believe we 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 cut ahead. Um, I haven't got your transcript. I'm going to watch it myself to double check here that we do, we do cut forward, right? Well, they're not <laughs> oh, no, doing anymore, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. And he says, um, "Sorry, I just thought with the time thing." And Dad says, "No, I never said we could fix things. I specifically never said that. Life's a mixed bag, no matter who you are. Look at Jesus; he was the son of God, and look how that turned out. <laughs> I mean." It's a good gag. I'm, I'm sorry mind. I laugh. Yeah. I, I'm amused no, by your inability to say for God's sake. No, okay. No, <laughs> You've done that twice this week. Yeah, I, well, yeah, because I'm basically on my on my Christian side of things. I just yeah. try and avoid all the blasphemy. Oh, I know, but in in that in that delivery, I, I was in two minds because he he is the Son of God for God's sake. Like, <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it's, it's literal here. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, yeah, putting putting aside the the obvious the obvious. Um, uh, odd truth behind the look how that turned out, um, <laughs> and just taking mm. it for the joke that it is. It's a good, yeah. it's a good gag. Yeah, and it, it, I think I think putting that gag in there really does drive home the truth of the message in that life really is a mixed bag, no matter who you yeah. are. There really isn't anyone that is that, that has a life that isn't a mixed bag. Right. You know what I mean? And you might overthink it when you're living your life, but I think the gag, even though you know potentially overly crass is a uh, is true it's totally true and he says uh i know but you must see i feel a bit cheated and dad says don't in fact feel the opposite the only people who can give up work at 50 are the time travelers with cancer who want to play more table tennis with their sons oh right <laughs> 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 I, I i said i'd be close to tears by the end of this and goodness it's coming <laughs> right um yeah it's just oh we we see so much more of the dad in this exchange like yeah. we know him and love him throughout the whole thing but we see so much more about his character and he sort of is explaining why these things happen yeah and it's just yeah doesn't yeah. tim doesn't tim make a make a comment after that doesn't he make a comment about uh like that's what that was so, all so about that, right so that's been the deal oh okay yeah so is that yeah i don't that's think an explanation for tim i don't think well. i quite got the full implication of this when i'd watched the film previously is it literally the dad has known he's gonna die every time we've seen him in the film Oh yeah, that's like, what I took. He went yeah, back in time to when he was fifty, so he could retire, mm. and that's like five oh, to six years before the yeah, movie starts. So through the I, entire film, yeah, oh. he's known that he's going to have I cancer and he's going to die from it. I hadn't thought about that, and yeah, right. So because he can relive all every day as many times as he wants, this isn't for his benefit. This is for the benefit of Tim. Right. So he spends more which, time. Which is why I forgive Tim. Tim's line before this, where he says, I know, but you must see, I feel a bit cheated. At first I read the dialogue when I was doing my notes, mm. as, you must feel a little bit cheated, but that's not what he says. He's saying that he, Tim, feels cheated by this news and by that they can't mm. fix things. And that matters, and the dad is letting that matter. And I think the next line is perfect because it proves that he was sort of joking and trying to remain light at the start when he mm-hmm. said, what's mum been telling you? Because now he admits that he knew that they had to call. Yeah. I'm sorry we had to call. It suddenly got very bad. And I have something very important to tell you. Or let me check. Do you want to know the big secret? 
or would you rather find it out for yourself like I did? And what a place to end this movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I like, uh, yeah, I like that a lot. I like the, um, the fact that he's taking away, he's not necessarily taking away from the moment that they just had, but he's almost trying to relive the moment of telling Tim that he could time travel again without time travelling, if that makes sense. Having that, like, do you want to know the big secret kind of thing that they did before, but without the time travel, he's reliving that by passing something down onto his, uh, his son again. And yeah, I liked that. I liked it a lot. And I like that he does wait until this moment to tell Tim. Hmm. Like, it's not that he tells him it straight away or... I love the fact that he that they managed to hold in for 21 years that you can travel in time. <laughs> that must be tough. Yeah. Yeah, you know what? I found throughout watching this film that Tim was finding out about the rules of the time travel a lot slower than I thought he would have done. Yeah. I'd have thought that once you get told you can time travel, you figure out all the rules. You ask every single question possible. And yet he was finding them out as he was going, but I think that was deliberate. So that he could learn them for himself, yeah. right? So and, and it kind of works with Tim to, too, because he's uh, be told Tim is somewhat quiet and timid, so it fits that like he's gonna mm-hmm. kind of do what he needs to do, but he's not gonna play with it because that's a different movie if he plays yeah. with it. Me, I would have been, I would have figured out the yeah. rules within like a day. <laughs> like, okay, and then now yeah. I'm gonna try somewhere else. I'm gonna go back farther, and then he'd start. As you said with Groundhog Day, you'd start, you know, punching the people you hate uh-huh. in the face. You, you know, doing all the things that you can't do. As I said before, like breaking things, I'm, throwing I things. I wouldn't have been. I, I find it odd that Tim never. There's only one point really wherein I think you can sort of see Tim going, "Heck it," <laughs> you know. Yeah. I'm sure that's not his choice of words. Where because most of the time he seems to. When he is in an embarrassing situation, he seems to always have that worry on the back of his mind where, what if I can't go back? Yeah. Like, he always seems to make it safe, just in case. The one time where I don't see that is when he's with Mary in the art gallery. And once yeah. he realises he's just going to go over it again, he, he gets he weird. Goes, he's the weird one. And he, do, he, do, yeah, he where just was decides this to be... What time was it? All, that, all those questions. Yeah, just and, and, and even, when they're, even when they're like... Even when Rupert says, oh, you know, you've got to start... Thinking about what we can say to each other. No poochy face. And Tim just goes, no poochy face. <laughs> it's just, they've only just met and he's getting involved in this. I'm not actually, I, I should just say, I don't have as much of an expansive knowledge as I would have liked on the film. I just edited those episodes of the podcast today. <laughs> so I'm, I'm remembering those lines. But yeah, I think it's, it's brilliant. So have we, have we any other comments on 99 before we get into the big secret on Friday? Mm, no, not for me. No. Okay. So Andy. Where can our listeners find you on social media? You can find me at Andy Hayden J. That's A N D Y H A Y D N J A Y on Instagram, or you can see everything I'm doing, magic and mind reading related, at tinystupidmortals.co.uk. And Robert, where can our listeners find you? Robert E G Black on social media or lemmingdrops.com for links to everything. Listeners can find me on Twitter at llama underscore bottle zero, Instagram at the Ginger Luke, Facebook at Luke Allen Film. All podcasts, radio appearances, newspaper articles, short films are all at lukeallen.co.uk and this podcast is on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at Two Men's About Time. They can also join our Facebook group, The Cupboard, to discuss all things to do with About Time, the podcast, all tangents we have, 
anything that comes up in the show, you can just pop into our Facebook group and say them. I've just come across a load more of these rhyming goodbyes, so we haven't done a rhyming one for a while, have we, Robert? Time to scoot, little newt. There we go. (laughs) That's great. (laughs) I'm going to start using (laughs) it. The Two Minutes About Time theme is performed by Ethan O'Mahony and is a cover of the About Time theme, originally composed by Nick Laird Close. Two Minutes About Time is a production of Lemming Drop Studios in association with Bottle O Productions. (laughs) 